chapter 7. We're beginning Matthew chapter 7. She was out of here so quick, I didn't even help her down the stairs. All right. Matthew chapter 7, please. And we'll begin reading in verse 1. Judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judged, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote in thy brother's eye? But consider not the beam in thine own eye. Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold uh, the beam that is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam that is in thine own eye, then thou shalt see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Give not that which is holy unto dogs, neither cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under feet and turn again and rend you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, be with my mind. Lord, as uh, we walk through this together, Lord, we want to understand what your scripture teaches about the subject we're going to look at today. There are so many people who take this and run with it in the absolute wrong direction. And Lord, we want to make sure that we are careful in how we handle this, how we instruct others, how we treat others, how we gauge our own behaviors when it comes to not only the people of this world, but other Christians. And so Lord, I pray that uh, you would just help us to get understanding from your word, help my mind, help it to stay clear and Share the things that your Holy Spirit can use to encourage us and teach every one of us. So, Father, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we are going to deal with the subject this morning of judging others. Judging others. Um, it is an interesting discussion that can be had across Christian circles and in this world. And, um, well, let me just go to the notes first, because I could jump ahead of myself very quickly in this. In Ma uh, Matthew chapter 7 is the last chapter in this Sermon on the Mount that we're looking at with Jesus. We started studying it. When we get to the end of this chapter, Jesus will be done sharing this uh, Sermon on the Mount, and we'll, we'll, he'll be moving on to other subjects in different parts of the story. But um, this is a Jewish Messiah speaking to a Jewish kingdom, Okay, that he was here to offer them. I want to make sure we understand that because this verse, is, again, is misappropriated and misapplied to a church age. Okay, not so much, it's not so technical here, but we have seen in other places that Jesus is talking and saying things to Jews, which you and I as a church in the New Testament church age here in 2023 don't have to worry about. Okay, because we are not the Hebrew nation. We are not Jews. Okay, but there are some things here 
that are nuances to understanding this. And the problem here um, is we need to be careful. There are a lot of people that try to take this first verse that we just read, a very short verse, and use it as a blanket statement on their own personal behavior. The first verse, again, is judge not that ye be not judged. Okay, and there's a lot of misunderstanding and misteaching about this verse. All right, we need to learn to apply, uh, learn from the truth, but many cannot directly apply to us. Keep going. Now, here we go. Verse 1 is very misused. Okay, people like to use it as a get out of the certain behavior free card. Okay, I have seen people who have chosen very, very perverted lifestyles have this tattooed on their arm. Matthew 7, 1, that says, don't you judge me. You have no right to judge me. Okay, they'll wear it on t-shirts. They will talk about, as Christians, they, I'm telling you, people who are not living biblically, now I want to make sure there's clear, there are things that are different in this world about someone who was thinking spiritually, but not thinking biblically. Okay, and on Wednesday night, guys, we talked to that, made, made it very clear that there's a difference. You and I as Christians need to live by the Bible, by God's Word. We need to live biblically. Okay, we are not necessarily always concerned about living spiritually. Now, let me define that. God wants us to live by the Spirit. We just heard about that in Sunday school. But... There are many religions and groups of people who have spiritual ideas. There are swamis and just name it, gurus and everything who are spiritual, but are they biblical? And there's a big difference. And that's why when people come up to me and say, oh, I met them and you're such a spiritual person. Well, that's great, but are they biblical? And that's the key. Everything has to be judged on whether or not it is scriptural, biblical. Okay, and that's what we're going to come down to. This get out of, they love to take this verse, pull it out of context, and say, you have no right to judge me. Okay, and man, if we are going through that right now in this world, it's crazy. Okay, at a level that I've never seen. That before, in the past, you've seen people who will say, don't judge me. But now it's to the point where those people who feel like they're being judged are forcing it to be in public opinion and down people's throats. Okay, I want to make sure that we are very clear on what this verse means, okay, and how we're talking about it. This is talking to a group of Jewish people at the time who Jesus was coming and making sure, and we've, I'm not going to go over all over again because we'll be here forever, but on the, in this Sermon on the Mount, Jesus over and over and over has to re-instruct them about what the Bible was trying to say, that they were taking it completely incorrectly. Okay, thou shalt not kill. Well, I haven't murdered anybody, so I'm all set. Well, if you hate your brother, if you have, think you're better than somebody else, 
that qualifies. Thou should not commit adultery. Well, I've never touched anybody else, but he says if you lust after somebody else. Jesus was re-instructing. Well, he's doing the same thing here. When he says this, this judge not that ye be not judged, he's speaking to some Jewish people. Now, setting the tone, the Israelites were God's people. They were chosen by God specifically to bring Messiah into this world. Okay, they were given commandments, they were given procedures, they were given teachings and guidelines for life to bring a nation together that he, that God could bring Messiah into this world. And we saw, man, in Leviticus and other things, all those pictures, all those doctrines, all those teachings about bringing Messiah in. The problem was the Jewish people began to think they were something extra special. Okay, now they are God's chosen people, but they're not God's chosen people because something about their DNA is better than our DNA. Not because their hair color or their skin color or where they lived or the language they spoke was different. God chose them because God was going to give them what he desired for them to live like so that they can bring forth Messiah. But they, on the other hand, began to think they were better than anybody else and began to judge people whether or not you were a Hebrew or not. And I'll tell you what, this is a terrible scenario in our world today that we prejudge, okay, prejudge, we can kind of boil that down to a little bit of a different word and called prejudice, that you already make a judgment on somebody before you even know them. That's where Jesus is coming from. So this statement, judge not that ye be not judged, Jesus is dealing with a bunch of pharisaical, high-minded religious people who thought they were better than others just because of who they were. And Jesus says, judge not that ye be not judged. So what does the Bible say about judging others? So to make sure we get a clear picture, you compare Scripture with Scripture. And this is where this is very important. You stay with me. This is not my ideas. We're going to look these verses up. Okay, Jesus says, Judge not that ye be not judged to a bunch of Jewish, high-minded, pharisaical religious people. He's not talking about we have no right to judge. Okay, Can we judge? There's the question. Can you and I judge what is right? Yes. So when Jesus is saying, judge not that ye be not judged, he's not saying don't judge anybody or judge behaviors. He's saying don't prejudge somebody because of things that you perceive. Okay, look what it says here. Oh, ye hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky and of the earth. But how is it that you can't discern this time? Yea, and even, uh, yea, and why even of yourselves judge ye not what is right? He said, listen, you guys can look at the weather, you can look at all these signs of the times and make all these judgment calls. Why can't you look at one another and judge what is right? See, and that's the issue in this world today. We've got a lot of people who are carrying on in things that are not right. Are you and I able to judge what is right? Yes. Now, how do we judge what is right? Ah, ha, ha. There's the question. 
right? Thank you, Faith. She just held up her Bible. It is not what I think is right. It is not what you think is right. It is not what this group or that group or any other person think is what is right. It is what God has said is right. So when we say judge not that ye be not judged, we're not talking about we don't have the ability to judge right and wrong. We don't have the ability to purposefully prejudge or make our own determination on something or someone that's where Jesus is warning. But we have every ability to judge. Okay, keep going. We're going to look at more of these verses, right? John chapter 7, verse 24 says, Judge not according to appearance, but judge righteous judgment. So we have that old saying, right? You can't tell a book by its cover, right? And over and over, God says, listen, he is, God is not a respecter of persons. Okay, you and I shouldn't be able to look at somebody and make an instant judgment on them. I wish we didn't, but we all do, don't we? Okay, I made a judgment call yesterday. I, uh, it was actually Friday. I was telling the guys downstairs, there's one thing that bugs me, and if you, tell, if you do this, don't tell me about it, because I might just smack you. I can't stand it when people get done shopping, and they leave their shopping cart right there in the next shop. If you just walk 700 yards around the store shopping, you can walk another three and put the cart away. Okay, now I get it. If it's raining, if somebody is walking with a cane or having some struggles, I'll give you some credit. This woman was maybe early 30s. And she was walking around like she owned the world. She unloaded her few groceries, just pushed the cart to the thing next to her, jumped in her car and backed up. And I'm like, don't worry, I'll put it away for you. Oh, it just bugs me. To me, it's just very spoiled, very, I'm the center of the world, and I don't bother myself with the little things of this life. I let somebody else who's paid to clean that up, clean it up. Well, really. Okay, but that's a personal judgment call on my part. I have to be careful that because that irks me, that I don't make the judgment. Now, so, so uh, you heard all my judgments already, right? I don't know who this woman was. I don't know if she was better than anybody else. I don't know if she was a pompous, spoiled brat. <clears throat> okay, I got to be careful that I'm not prejudging that person. Although I was judging by her behavior. Anyway, okay. We have to make sure we make righteous. Now, did you hear that? Jesus says, judge not that ye be not judged. But he didn't say judge not. Ever. Because right here he says, don't judge by appearance, but judge righteous judgment. So he's right ahead, going ahead and telling us we have the ability to judge others and situations with righteous judgment. So where do we come up with righteous judgment? Faith can wave her Bible around. You might as well keep that hand up because we're going to be doing that all day. Okay? We know what righteousness... Righteousness comes from the word of God. That's how we know what is righteous, okay? Our judgment needs to be based in the scriptures. So when somebody says, you have no right to judge me, I will say, yes, I do. 
I can judge you and your behavior by what God has said in his book. Now, I have said this many times before. I've had people who are neighbors of mine, people who I know whose behaviors are not what the scripture describes for us. And I would love to live happy you know, with them. We had a neighbor who had a lifestyle that was much different than the Bible describes. And I didn't go banging on their door you know, at them all the time. But if they asked me specifically how I felt about it, I would say, listen, I love you as my neighbor. We're great neighbors. We get along really well. But your behavior is against what God has said. Well, don't judge me. I'm not judging you. I am sharing what the word of God says. Okay, there is something in your life that we know to be out of bounds because of what the Bible says. We have the ability to make righteous judgments. Now, in this world today, we need to have some understanding of that. We need to have a little bit of boldness because there is a bunch of shenanigans going on that is absolutely contrary to the Word of God. And nobody can tell us that we're hateful or fascists or anything else because we believe what God's standard has said. Okay, now do we have to be grouchy about it? No. But we don't have to cave to the judge not, lest you be judged. Oh, I can judge. Matter of fact, God tells me to judge with righteous judgment. All right, keep going. 1 Corinthians, but he that is spiritual judges how many things? All things. So wait a minute, I thought it said judge not. Well, this verse says we judge all things. Okay, the key there is he who is spiritual. Okay, who is a spiritual person? Okay, yet he himself is judged of no man. The spiritual person judges all things. Here in chapter 2, verse 15, look at verse 13. Okay, which things also we speak not with the words of men's wisdom teaches, but with the Holy Ghost teaches, compare spiritual things with spiritual we say this all the time. The Bible confirms its own truth. You compare scripture with scripture, you get teaching. Spiritual with spiritual. So how does a spiritual person judge something? By the scriptures. Faith, we have the Bible again. I'm glad you brought your little one. If you'd have brought the house Bible, you'd have thrown your shoulder out by now. She keeps putting that Bible up. Ye which are spiritual... Judge all things. Well, how do you become spiritual? By the word of God. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. And keep going. Verse 14 says, not the natural man. Now, in the verse before that, we said, not with the words that men's wisdom teaches. Men, I'll tell you what, we've got a bunch of talking heads out there in this world today, and I'm trying not to get political, but there is so much garbage that is based in the words of man's wisdom. And the word of God says we have the ability to judge those things because we don't base our thinking on man's wisdom. We base it on the scriptures. So if somebody says this is the way things should be because the world is changing, I'm sorry, I don't base my judgment on man's wisdom. Because I remember when man's wisdom said the earth was flat. 
I remember when man's wisdom said that, uh, you know, the earth was the center of the solar system. I remember when man's wisdom I remember when men's, man's wisdom says that women can be men and men can be women anytime they want to be. Oops, did I say something that was too political? We base our judgment on what the Word of God says, not the words of man's wisdom. And look what it says here. Why? The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. If somebody is not a believer in God, does this Bible make any sense to them? Now, here's the key. We say, how do people think those thoughts? Well, if you don't believe this is true, and you don't believe in God, then why would you make judgments according to the book? Okay, you and I go ahead and say, I don't understand how people can. How could you think that way? Well, if they don't believe God is who he is, and they don't believe his word is true, then they base all their thinking on however they feel. And isn't that the world we live in right now? Today, I feel like a hamster. All day I'm going to be a hamster. Because that's how I feel. We don't base it on feelings. We base it on the truth of the word of God. Now, you say, well, that kind of hits people hard, doesn't it? It hits me hard, too. Does it hit you hard? Listen, I could go ahead and uh, decide that I want to spend every day of my life sitting in front of my computer screen playing video games. Right? How many, anybody here play video games? All right. Joseph, about to head off to college. He won't have time for video games anymore. <laughs> Now, would it be truthful according to the word of God if I spent all day playing video games? I'm up here. He's opening the door. He'll be fine. <laughs> Y'all looking over there. <laughs> okay, according to the word of God, would, I, would my life be the way it should be if I sat down and played video games 24-7? No. I have to judge myself based upon the word of God. Okay, if I wanted to suck down cancer sticks, okay, three packs a day, I have the right to do that, don't I? There's no, God's not going to shoot me with a lightning bolt, could be a lot of people be dead. Okay, but I could do that. But is that what God wants for me? See, we talk about these things where folks say, judge not, be not judged, and how dare you judge me? We have to judge our own selves by the word of God. Now, I hope you do that. I was just going to ask the question, how many of you judge yourself daily by the word of God? Don't answer that. Because I hope you do. Because that's why we read God's word. That's why we get together as a family in a church. This is why we preach. This is why we have accountability partners and fellowship in the Lord. So that we can become more like Jesus. Every single day, you and I are basing our lives on the teaching of God's word. We're judging ourselves by what he says about us. We have every right to make judgments according to the scriptures, not the natural man. Now, there are a lot of people out in this world who don't believe in God, who don't understand the scriptures and the importance thereof, and they're not going to live their life according to it. But that doesn't mean we can't make a judgment call about situations by the word of God.
we have that ability. Keep going. Oh, hold it. Notice it says, they are foolishness to them. You know, we talk about right now in this world how we're standing up against some of these absolutely, in my mind, insane things that people are trying to do. And people can't understand it and people are just kicking back against it because to them it's foolishness because they don't understand the truth of the word of God. Because these things are only discerned through studying God's word and being a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? They're spiritually discerned. Keep going. This is not about salvation. Now, please, um, there are times we have to be careful, and people will ask questions about this. And we had a discussion about faith, brother Bob, okay, and how there are times where we talked about salvation, Jesus, and he'd make a cute joke because he always made jokes. I don't think he ever opened his mouth and it wasn't a joke. Uh, he just was that kind of guy. So you say, well, did he, was he a believer? Did he go to heaven? You know what? It's not my judgment call because I don't judge on somebody's salvation. Only God can judge. I can look across the crowd right here and say, uh, well, you've all pretty much told me you're saved, but do I really know? No, only God knows. That's something we can never judge is salvation. But we can judge things that pertain to this life. Look what he says here in Corinthians chapter 6. Do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? If the world shall be judged by you, are ye unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Know ye not that we shall judge angels? How much more things that, pertur- per- blah, 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 blah. things that pertain to this life? God says, listen, we have a book that gives us the understanding that we need to make calls about right and wrong. And he says, you don't understand the level of judgment that you and I are going to be able to have because of the Bible and what God has taught us. Look, look at the last verse. Oh, excuse me. Paul judged, okay? For verily, I, uh, for I verily, as absent in the body but present in the spirit, have judged already as though I were present. Paul wasn't even there at the church yet. And he said, you know what? I've heard some things and I've already judged what's going on, whether it's right and wrong. Now, you with me so far? Please stay with me because we're looking up scriptures in regards to judge not that ye be not judged. If you just like to pull that verse out of scripture and say nobody ever has the right to judge anything or anybody, that is not what the Bible says. Because Paul here says, I'm not even there with you guys yet and I'm judging the situation. Because when you base the truth on the, in, in God's word, it's very easy to say, you know what? A man who is sleeping with his stepmom is wrong. And that's what was going on in the church of Corinth. Paul didn't have to go, oh, well, I, I, I really can't judge anyone on their behavior. Paul says, yes, I have. I've already judged. So again, I'm trying to be specific here. When it says, judge not that ye be not judged, we're not talking about we don't have the ability to discern what is right and what is wrong according to God's word. It means you and I shouldn't make prejudgments about people because of what we see. Okay, he already said, don't judge by appearance, but judge righteous judgment. Okay, keep going. So, we 
can judge others by the word of God. Yes, we can. Everybody nod. We can judge others according to the word of God, including our own selves. We'll get to that. Not prejudging them, not judging by appearance, not in the natural man or in man's wisdom. I don't look and say, well, you know, I just don't like that person and I'm going to judge them spiritually because they left their cart in the parking lot. Okay, that may bug me, but I don't need to judge them spiritually and the kind of person they are because of something I didn't personally like. Because uh, in the book of Hezekiah, chapter 3, thou shalt not leave thy shopping cart. In, no. Okay, we base our judgment on the word of God. Keep going. We need to know the context of our judgment. First of all, we need to first judge ourselves. Now again, uh, we'll get there in a second, but didn't we talk, just talk about, hey, listen, dude, you got a beam sticking out of your eyeball. First things we need to do is judge ourselves. Judge yourselves. Judge in yourselves. Is it comely that a woman pray unto God uncovered? So Paul's talking to this church again, saying, you guys are having some really weird things going on. He said, you ought to be able to take care of this yourself. Right? And I'll, I can deal with that later. The issue was, you know, in the culture, you were supposed to not have a hat on if you were praying, but a woman was supposed to wear a hat if she was praying. Uh, okay, a lot of cultural stuff, Hebrew stuff, doesn't apply to us. Remember, I started this whole thing with uh, some of the things we're going to talk about don't apply to us as a church. If uh, you go ahead and one of the ladies start praying here together, I'm going to go, ah! Put a hat on your head! Okay, we don't do that silliness anymore. That's cultural. But in this context, Paul's saying to the church, um, you got some things going on in there that you ought to be able to judge. Okay? We, as a church, need to be able to judge certain things. Um, there are some silly things that uh, people get hung up on that don't make any difference. And it's based upon how people are looking at one another in the church. Keep going. So he says, judging yourselves, the passage that we look at every time we have the Lord's Supper, that a man should examine himself. And the passage says, if we would judge ourselves then nobody else would have to judge us. You know what's great? If I decide not to spend 24-7 playing video games, and I live a life that is more profitable toward God serving God, my wife doesn't have to come to me and say, are you playing video games again? All you ever do is play video games. You know what? If I would already judge myself and say, this is not something I should be doing 24-7, she wouldn't have to make that judgment call, would she? Okay, if I was not being an alcoholic, somebody wouldn't have to come up to me and say, hey, uh, you know, you seem to be drinking a lot. If I judged that in myself, then somebody wouldn't have to come to me and use the teaching of God's word to say, um, there's something that's going on with you I want to talk about. If I wasn't sucking down five packs of cigarettes, I've gone from three to five, that's how bad the addiction is. Somebody wouldn't have to say, you know, those things will kill you. If I would judge myself, you get it? 
So even though we want to say, oh, yeah, easy to judge those people out there who are doing terrible things, you know what, even within God's church, if we would take care of judging our own hearts, and guys, that's why every time we have the Lord's Supper here, we talk about examining ourselves. Is there something in your life and in my life we ought to do different? You know what's a lot easier? I found this out. I'll tell you a secret. It's a lot more comfortable when God tells you to do something and you do it, then somebody else has to come up to you and tell you what you're doing wrong and then you have to fix it. You know, if you deal with it, we sang the song in Sunday school because of the sermon this morning. The song we sang was trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. If you and I would know what the scripture says and just do it, life would be pretty easy. Problem is, we don't. We might know what the Word of God says, but we decide to do things our own way, and either God has to deal with us or somebody else has to come up and say, well, Jim, I think six dozen eggs a day is a little much in his egg addiction. Poor Jim. He says, listen, if we would judge ourselves personally, we wouldn't have to have somebody come up and say, um, i got to talk to you about something. All right, keep going. Know when not to judge. Turn, if you would, to Romans. I didn't write all these verses out because it was all... But Romans chapter 14, verses 1 through 10. If not, if you're not going to turn there, I'll just read it carefully to you. So now we've gone from we can judge... We can look at God's word and know what is right and wrong. But we need to be careful, make sure we judge our own selves first, that I'm doing right. But then we have to be careful on what it is we are judging and for what purpose. Verse 1. Him that is weak in the faith, receive ye but not to doubtful disputations. For one believeth they may eat all things, another who is weak eateth herbs. Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not, and let him that eateth not judge him that, uh, him that eateth, for God hath received him. Who art thou that judgest another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth. Yea, he shall be holden up, for God is able to make him stand. No man esteemeth one day above, oh, excuse me, one man esteemeth one day above another, another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. He that regardeth the day regardeth it unto the Lord, that he, uh, and he that regardeth not the day to the Lord he doth not regard it. He that eateth, eateth to the Lord, for he giveth God thanks. And he that eateth not to the Lord, eateth not, and giveth God thanks. For none of us live to himself, and no man dieth to himself. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord, or whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end... Christ both died and rose and revived, 
that he might be both Lord of both the dead and the living. But why dost thou judge thy brother? Or why dost thou set it not thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. See, the Apostle Paul says, listen, there's some people who have a certain diet and won't eat certain things. And there's other people who will eat those things and it doesn't matter. He says, don't judge somebody by that. There's some people who celebrate certain days and some people don't. You know, our family, we love making big deals out of birthdays. Okay, I know families really don't care about birthdays. And we don't mind celebrating Christmas and Thanksgiving and some of these other special days. Other people, there are Christians who don't like celebrating those things. You know what? God says nobody is better or worse than the other person because of what they eat or what day they celebrate. You with me so far? If you think that it's okay to celebrate a birthday, then celebrate a birthday. God says, as long as you're convinced in your mind that you're living it to the Lord and you're, you're okay with God, there's no verse in the Bible that says, thou shalt not have birthday cake. Okay? And the Bible says, you know, there were very strict guidelines on diet in the Old Testament. Even though God in the New Testament said he let down all manner of beasts and things and you can take and eat what you want, Certain people eat certain things, certain people don't. You know what? We don't get a chance to, to judge one another on those things. Those things are silly, temporal. You know, folks, there are people who might come to our church and see a pastor standing up preaching without a suit jacket and tie and have a canary. They'll flip out. I saw something the other day on my phone, a revival meeting with a certain group where the pastor got up and preached that you can't possibly be filled with God's Holy Spirit and can't possibly be right with God if you have a beard. I mean, dancing, hooting, hollering, doing all kinds of stuff about beard going to keep you from being holy. Like, honest-to-goodness people. We focus on some of the silliest things. There are churches, getting better and better, but there are churches that if you showed up, ladies, with a pair of slacks on, they'd turn you away at the front door and tell you to go, go home and put on a dress before you came back to church. We've gotten so silly sometimes at what we do judge these minor little things that make no difference spiritually. Listen, well, what the Bible says, well, if you're actually going to go by the Bible, we'd all be wearing dresses. Okay, because we'd have robes and, and uh, you know, our outer coat and everything else. We'd be dressed like they would be in the Arab countries. Got to be careful what we judge. With me so far? We are able to judge between right and wrong based on God's word. Okay? Very clear we can. But we better make sure we're judging ourselves first by the word of God. And then making sure that we understand the context. You know, I, I love uh, this, and I like watching videos of it. So there, there's pastor friends who were just uh, 
uh, moving on from the church in uh, Swansea. And they're from Nigeria. And if you've ever seen the church services in Nigeria, when they got their music going on and they're singing and praising God, there's a lot of dancing going on. Okay, I loved it, man. That's great. Uh, unfortunately, we white folk in New England don't have rhythm. We wouldn't be able to do that. Okay, we just wouldn't. It's just silly. But they, and they loved it. But you know, there's a difference. I've also been in churches where I've seen dancing going on, and it has little to do with just praising God from an honest love for God. And it has all to do with a show, and all to do with being slain in the spirit, and all to do with kind of crazy, silly stuff. You have to judge by the culture. You have to judge every situation in context. Okay, if somebody, we were singing some songs here and somebody started getting out, dancing, rolling around in the aisles, well, I would be calling the hospital because they're in convulsions. But if I was in Nigeria, sharing with some of them preachers there and watching them go out, man, it's awesome. And the pastor down there in Swansea used to say it's hard for him because he'd, he'd hear the music and he'd want to be like, yeah, dancing. But the stoic... New England church. All right, everybody, I want you to clap. Clap! And then they keep a rhythm like this. Which is not... Do we have to be a Nigerian church? Does a Nigerian church have to be us? No, each one of us we judge things differently. We can't just make a blanket statement and we make silly rules, man. Be careful. The Apostle Paul says, don't judge people on what they're eating just because you won't eat pork. They can eat pork, it's fine. Just because you want to celebrate Christmas with a Christmas tree and they don't, don't make judgments over each other. Those things are not important. Then he gives us a real zinger. Keep going. It is much more important to judge be, uh, that we judge. Our judgment doesn't cause our brother to fall or put a rule on somebody else. Look what it says. Verse 13. We stopped at verse 10. Verse 13 says, Let us therefore judge one another, not judge one another anymore, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. Paul flips this thing completely around and says, don't judge them on what they eat or what day they might celebrate. He says, you really want to judge something? Judge yourself that you're not causing difficulty in that other brother's Christian life. That's what he says. So to give a con little context on this, if you know that a person doesn't eat meat, Okay, and they're okay with that. They don't have any crazy reasons about it. They just choose not to do that. And you invite them over for dinner. And you serve them a big giant plate of just meat. <laughs> you don't do that. Okay, and there's more to it than this here. But here's another one. If you know someone is an alcoholic, right? Now, does the Bible say you can't ever drink alcohol? There's a trick question, right? No, it never says that. Okay, it says don't be drunk, don't be controlled by it. 
There are several places in the Bible where it says you can have a little alcohol. Okay, it was more of a medical. Now, does it agree with social drinking? No, it does not. Okay, but it does say that alcohol is okay. But if somebody has struggled their entire life with alcohol and they show up at your house for dinner and guess what you put out? The booze is on the table. That's what this means. You want to judge something, make sure you are not causing that brother who struggles with an area to fall. Again, we've turned it from judging others to judging our own selves. And isn't that exactly what Jesus kind of said? He said, judge not, and then he right, went right into a story of, before you take the splinter out of your friend's eye, your brother's eye, keep going. Oh, yeah, I almost got there. There are times to judge and times not to judge. I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned and avoid them. You want a great solution on what to judge and what not to judge? If they are contrary to biblical doctrine, that's when it's worth it. Well, did you see Susie? She wore pants to church. Is that going contrary to biblical doctrine, guys? She ate lobster. How dare she? I know I'm being silly, but some of these things are actually silly things. You want to know how to judge? Judge protecting the truth of God's word. If somebody wants to celebrate Christmas and somebody else does, that has nothing to do with whether or not the truth of God's word is being assaulted. Faith can hold her Bible up and wave it again. That's what we ought to be worried about, is the truth of God's word. Not my personal preference, but is the word of God and its doctrines being questioned. All right, now we can go on. So what kind of judgment is in Matthew chapter 7? Matthew chapter 2, it says the measurement that you judge yourself, others with is the same measurement you're going to be judged by. Over and over and over, this is the spiritual truth. Be careful. You know the old saying, right? If you point your finger at somebody, there are three fingers pointed back at you. Nobody ever heard that before? Am I the only one? Okay, we have silly sayings that we've put out for years teaching about this. Generally, and this is a sad thing, but a lot of times the sin or the shortcoming in someone else that people focus on it's generally because they have the same struggle in their own life. If you can you know, hear a man discussing how these women shouldn't be wearing all these short clothing and all these revealing things, it's generally because he's having trouble with his eyes. If you hear a woman talking about, well, she's a gossip and she shouldn't be saying that thing, it's usually because she has a trouble keeping her lips closed. There's a lot of things that happen on a daily basis with us as people, but it's just funny to me that most of us only will single out one or two things in one area. Those other things really don't bother us, and usually it's because it's something we're struggling with. And God says, be careful, because the same judgment that you use on others can be used on you too. And didn't that sound familiar when Jesus said, um, 
Forgive us our debts as we... Be careful. Because a lot of times, uh, uh, people who do the... Go ahead. Next part. Therefore, thou art inexcusable, O man, whatsoever thou judgest, for wherein thou judgest another, thou committest thyself. For thou that judgest dost the same things. Too often people will judge others because they forget that they've done many of the same things that they're judging people for. You know one of the great ways to not judge people is remember how much Jesus has given us. When I look at my life and all the things I've done and remember how many things God has shown his mercy and not judged me on them, it's much easier to look at other people and go, you know what, well, they have some struggles and so do I. Because Jesus is the same meat, the same way, in the same manner that you judge someone else. Be careful, because that judgment might just be coming your way. Then he says, next slide, judge yourself first. Verses 3 through 5, we talked about if you've got a moat, a splinter, a fleck, a piece of hay, something, in your eye, in your friend's eye, Okay, before you go plucking that out, thinking you got a problem, careful because you get a beam hanging out of your eye. Okay, this is one of the most vivid illustrations that you can give. You got a little fleck in your eye, but you're coming out with this giant beam sticking out of yours going, let me help you with that. Okay, he says, you know what? Take care of the beam in your own eye first. Now, that goes back to judge righteous judgment. He who are spiritual judges all things. Now, am I ever going to be perfect? My wife should say, no. I mean, I am perfect. Aren't I perfect? I'm perfect. Okay? I'm never going to be perfect, but I can take the word of God and show somebody right and wrong. But the problem is, and this is why too many times in our world, people will say Christians are just a bunch of hypocrites, because they'll talk about what's wrong in someone's life, but they wind up living the same way. They'll talk about how a Christian should act, and they act just the opposite. God says, take the beam out of your own eye. But notice something. It, doesn't, it does say, do no, it doesn't say do no judging. It says, take the beam out of your own eye, and then you can help your brother. So even in the, this imagery, it doesn't say, don't take the moat out because you have a beam. It says, first remove it, then you can help them. So even in the illustration, we're still supposed to judge right and wrong. But if you're going to point that bony finger of judgment at somebody, you better point it at yourself first. And make sure that we are being as spiritual as we possibly can be, that we are being as scriptural, biblical and then we can say, listen, you know, I've been there before. I know what you're going through. And let me tell you how God helped me, and I can help you. And isn't it cool? That's the way God designed us. He told us so many times that the things we are allowed to go through in our lives and struggle with are there so that we can help somebody else go through that same thing. The problem is, we forget that. 
And it's easier to just say, drunk, instead of going, I used to be that way. Let me help you. Matter of fact, Galatians talks about, go ahead, next slide. Remember, we're not the spiritual police. We're supposed to be spiritual restorers. Okay? Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, biblical, be, right? Spending time in God's word, checking ourselves, making sure we've restore such a one in a spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. That's a, please be careful. Don't go in like a spiritual police officer judging somebody's behavior because you might just fall flat on your face in that same behavior. You know what you do? Get in God's word. Make sure your heart is right. And then in meekness. What is meekness? Not weakness. Meekness is strength under control. Going in God's strength into the situation and say, I've been where you've been. I know what it's like to struggle through something. Let me help you. There's an old phrase that we used to use pastors through the years that said Christians are great at shooting their own wounded. We'll see somebody struggling with an issue and instead of reaching down and helping them, we just judge them, treat them harshly, and then they disappear from God's family. They're still a believer, but they're not fellowshipping with Christians anymore because Christians have pushed them out as opposed to picked them up because of mishandled judging. Keep going. So Jesus adds a little extra here, and this, I hope, this is pretty bold on Jesus' part, and it's pretty bold biblically, about dogs and swine. Okay, uh, This is a reference to unbelievers, to natural men. It starts out, though, and i got to be clear about this, and this will help us as church people in this day and age to keep ourselves in check. Do you know that dogs and swine in the Scripture were used to describe Gentiles? Anybody here Jewish? So if you're not Jewish, according to the Bible, you're a dog and a swine. Now, please keep that in mind. God's people, the Jews, they're not any better, but they were given God's truth. They were given the ability to live according to God's commandments. They were chosen to live separately. Come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. And God says everybody else who doesn't is dogs and swine. Now, let's look up a couple verses to just give us some clarity here. Matthew chapter 15 says this. What a great story this is. And behold, a woman of Canaan, a Gentile, came out of the coasts and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. Now understand what she's doing. Here is a Gentile approaching Jesus and declaring him as son of David. She's realizing, she's admitting he's Messiah. Right here. Okay? My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. And he answered her not a word. And his disciples came besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. Keep going. But 
He answered and said, I am not sent unto the lost sheep of, uh, excuse me, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Jesus said at this time, he still, listen, I'm here as the Jewish Messiah. I'm not here for the Gentiles. Get this so far? So she's a Gentile saying, Messiah. And he say, whoa, lady, I'm here for the Jews. But look what it said, keep going. This is amazing to me. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it is not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. Now, what he basically said, lady, you are a Gentile heathen dog. He says, I'm not going to take the, the bread, the providing of God, and throw it off the table to the dogs. I'm not going to waste it. It's for the, my children. And look what she says. This is just amazing to me. And she said, truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Wow. She said, yeah, Lord, I know you're here for the, ch the children of Israel. I know you are their Messiah, thou son of David. He said, you know, she said, you know, but even a Gentile dog, heathen, can have blessing just in the crumbs from the master's table. And he answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Jesus is dealing in an interesting situation here when he says, don't cast that which is holy to the dogs and the swine. Now, at the time, it was Gentiles. But now, in this time, it's anyone who does not recognize the Messiah and the Lord as God and his word. You notice the difference? This is why this story is so important. She's Gentile. She shouldn't have anything to do with Messiah. What does she care? But she had a faith. And she is a Gentile, put her faith in Christ, put her faith in Messiah. And Jesus says, you know what, lady? You're on board. I'll, I'll answer your prayer. Now, for you and I, a couple things should come out of this. Number one, never, ever forget, ever, that you and I don't deserve one part of what we have when it comes to salvation. Sometimes we as Christians, and I'll tell you, across society, man, I'm going long, but i got to get this done. There are those who are Christians who are anti-Semitic and have a problem against the Jews and think we're better than them because we know Jesus Christ is our Messiah. Ha! Man, do they got it backwards. We're lucky to have the crumbs off the table. We didn't deserve any of this. God chose a certain people to bring Messiah into this world. And Paul said, listen, if it were even possible, I would give up my very salvation so that the children of Israel would be saved. We just happen to have the privilege of riding the coattails of Jesus into eternity. Now, again, I'm not demeaning the fact that as a Christian, we have super benefits 
but they weren't originally designed for us. They were first designed for Israel. Now, with that in mind, there's another thing. So number one, we don't deserve the blessings we got. None of us do. But number two, don't get upset if people who are heathen, unbelievers, don't understand and don't appreciate who Jesus is and what the Word of God says. We're going to go out there and, okay, this whole thing wrapped up in a package. We are, yes, supposed to determine what is right and wrong according to God's Word. And yes, there are judgments we can make with this truth in mind. And yes, we ought to make adjustments to our own personal lives to make sure we are walking as much like Jesus as possible. But there are people out in this world who are absolutely not going to understand it. And they're not going to comp- they're not going to want to. They're going to get bitter. They're going to get angry. They're going to, what does this verse say? Be careful that they turn and rend you. The Bible talks in several other places that dogs and swine return unto their own vomit. That they see what could be good, but decide to go right back into the nasty trash. Okay, A pig wallows in its own stuff, and a dog will go eat its own vomit. Something that just made it sick and made it puke. Okay, and God's trying to remind us here, don't cast what is holy. The Bible also says, don't cast what your pearls before swine. If you and I are going out there and taking this precious word of God to others and they're not going to get it, don't be surprised. Because unbelievers, the natural, we read it, right? The natural man receiveth not the things of the word of God. Keep going. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteous, rather after they had known it, to turn from it, from the holy commandment delivered unto them. Keep going. But it has happened to them according to the proverb, the dog returneth to his own vomit again, and the sow that wa- uh, washed to her wallowing in the mire. Don't expect people who don't believe the Bible to understand biblical judgment. So when you and I are going out there and saying these things are right, these things are wrong, there are certain people who are not going to get it to the point where they will be angry. Don't be surprised. Okay, I'm just trying to tell you what Jesus is telling us. Because you and I live in a world today where we're seeing this very vividly, aren't we? Where we try to stand up for what is right and what is true, and there's a branch of culture that is completely against us. Don't be surprised. Jesus warned that this is exactly what would happen. Those who do not believe in biblical truth, do not believe in God, aren't going to care what God's word says. As a matter of fact, I've watched several political videos where people will say, Don't tell me what your Bible says. I don't want to hear what your Bible says. Because they don't care what the Bible says. 
We have to judge according to it because that's the commandment that God gives us. Don't be surprised if people out there are not going to get it. So, last little bit. Are we living a life judging our own selves so we can be an example of a Christian? Before you go out, before I go out and start pointing fingers at right and wrong, I better make sure that my life is not uh, violating those same things. You know, you shouldn't smoke. Silly illustration, but come on. Are we policing others as opposed to being concerned for their spirituality? Instead of honestly grabbing a brother or sister and making sure that they're walking and talking and doing their best to be who Jesus wants them to be, we'll pick on something like, well, I wouldn't have my hair cut that way. Barb, why'd you look at Joseph? His haircut is fine. Okay. Ah, we're focusing on the minor and causing a brother to fall. Are we so concerned about one little pet peeve of ours? That we're honestly not concerned about how somebody really is doing in their life for serving the Lord. And before you know it, because we've picked on a certain pet peeve, they're no longer fellowshipping with us. They've walked off because we've pushed them away of a personal opinion. Last one. Are we basing our judgment on God's word and his righteousness? Are we judging because of what the scripture says, not what I think? Listen, I think a lot of things. I think people should put their carts away. I wish. I wish they still gave quarters out. I'd be going around the parking lot getting all of them. Folks, I would hope this was definitely instructional this morning. That when Jesus says, judge not that ye be not judged, he is not talking about the fact that there is no biblical truth that we should stand on. Okay, we don't have any preconceived personal ideas that should keep us from loving people and telling them about Jesus. Now, all that can be wrapped up in this thought. If there were one person in this world who could have picked, all, picked us apart, every single one of us could have found all the things that we are doing wrong and we need to fix, it would have been Jesus himself. If he was standing right here before us right now, he could look at each one of us and name every fault that we have. And if he judged us the way he warned the Jews not to judge us, he would have never died to be our Savior. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We're going to go out in this world and we're going to see things in this world that we know aren't biblical, but aren't spiritual that there's sin but that should cause us to want to deliver those people from that not repulse away from it if jesus was repulsed by sin he would have never came here and died for us he went on a rescue mission and that's what you and i are here to do so please as we judge folks and judge sin and judge situations by the word of god the only cure to the problem is the lord jesus christ as savior not our personal judgment. It's Jesus. So go out in this world, and if there's somebody that irritates you or something's going on, you know where it's coming from. Judge ourselves first. Make sure it's not personal preference or some minor thing, and focus on the Savior, because he's the only one who can deal with the heart. Amen.
Thank you. This was long and a little scholastic, but we needed to cover it because a lot of people try to use this judging one another thing and misuse it terribly. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. And Lord, I'm so truthful in that. I'm so glad we don't have to come up with the answers. It's not in the words of man's wisdom. We don't have to figure it out. You already told us. It's right here in your word, clear as day. But Lord, I just pray that this is misused on both sides. People will want to live a life of sin and not seek God because they think they shouldn't be judged. And that's wrong. But Father, there's also Christians who have met the Lord who think because they've met the Lord, there's something special and they get to be judgment police in this world. And that's just as wrong. Father, there is only one who can truly judge, and that's you. So, Lord, I just pray as we go out in this world, we could see the wrong that is in people's lives and not chew them out for it, but remind them that there is someone who can deliver them from the bondage of sin. And, Father, that as we go out in this world and we leave here in a few minutes, that we're ready to live our lives as closely to a Jesus as possible. Lord, if we could pull that beam out of our own eye and judge ourselves, Lord, we would be much more able to live evangelistically. Lord, we'd be able to tell people about Jesus so much better if we acted more like him. So, Father, thank you. Bless this time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, as you're